0: following podcasts may contain some adult language you've been warned those of you who got an invite welcome to nerd prom no matter where in the world you are we're all nerds
1: international with the hyphen Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my co-host and my good friend and my brother from another mother, (laughs) Mr. Chris Holmes. How are you doing, homie?
0: Oh, I'm doing good. I'm feeling much better recently. That's good. That's I've good not to uh, edit out your coughs. nope i, I did not I d I didn't I didn't edit them out anyway. Sorry everybody, but I didn't. <laughs> and um yeah, on some muscle relaxers right now. So I'm feeling good. I got an open mind tonight. Open mind. And but you know what? Kind of feeling a little naked without uh Stefan here.
1: I was going to say, I I feel kind (laughs) of missing, we're missing the third head to this three-headed monster.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: Stefan wanted to spend some time with his family for the Easter holiday, so he couldn't really record with us tonight. And so we chose a topic, which kind of is coming from the before Stefan time. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we are.
0: Um, And as far as news goes, no new news for me that i saw out there i really didn't see much other than android the shadow of the beanstalk is still number two on drive-thru rpg way to go everybody
1: it's and still in the top 10 with it is worlds of android
0: yeah you saw that too nice yeah that's at number seven <laughs> yeah. um but yeah yeah that's uh that's that um i'm hoping i'm hoping that they'll mention that they'll make an announcement for something else coming up soon, man. We want more oh,
1: stuff. We can hope. We, we can, can hope. hope. Uh, I on an unrelated to Genesis note, I picked up the adversaries book from Star Wars. That's a pretty cool book. Yes, uh, man, allows got... allows you to play G, uh, Jawas and Ewoks.
0: <laughs> Tuscan Raiders <laughs> as well. And uh, I don't know
1: about I don't know about you, or but LaSat. It'd be, if you know, no, Lasat, Lasat. It, uh, I gotta I, I, just to ask you a question. I don't know about you, but does it seem like FFG's like I don't know with Shadow of the Beanstalk and the way norm normals, you know, average people are, um, and then or whatever they're called, naturals. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the like the Ewoks and the Jawas in that book, they're given everything. One hundred and twenty starting XP. It's like yeah, suddenly that's like the magic number now. It seems. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure why everybody's getting so many XP <laughs> when you're not human.
1: I mean, I'm just looking at my old races that I really love, and you know, like there's one of them that's like 60 earned XP. And well, it's like, I think it might have <gasps> something to do with oh, like, <laughs> you well,
0: know, the more stuff that really anybody creates for things, it's just it feels like power creep to me, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. well,
1: yeah, maybe maybe they're just be- getting a little more refined at it, getting better at it, maybe. Maybe. Ah, I don't know. I I, I feel like I have to make a Jawa now. Darn it.
0: (laughs) What, your Jawa pimp?
1: (laughs) No, that was an Ewok pimp named Bub (laughs) (laughs) Rubb. He only sells droids, though. (laughs) Only (laughs) droid prostitutes. (laughs) Because he he really loves machines. (laughs) Didn't have them on his own world. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, all right so we got some listener feedback (laughs) yeah we did all right we got uh several large emails and before i go into the one we have we have a long show topic so and we don't want to make every show 200 you know two hours long 200 minutes long (laughs) we (laughs) we want to relax that a little bit on you guys so we just chose one this week so yeah. uh for those of you who wrote us uh you know your your entire setting document sam barrett i'm looking at you and um and uh, yeah, our, uh <laughs> and uh gm gudmo who we had a little bit of back and forth with uh which Found out we have a listener in Iceland. Hi, GM Goodmo. <laughs> hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, but we'll get to you guys' emails on the next episode where Stefan can pipe in with us. So, yep. All right. So this one's from Chris Allen. He said uh, also is blamed Cat on the FFG forums. Mm-hmm. He says hi guys. Before I get to my question, I want to thank you for your help with my player's Pathfinder Ranger. Her owl Hestia uh, has been a big hit with our group. Hestia's stats and abilities have been a great fit for the game, and the players enjoy suggesting ways to use her for encounters while keeping her out of danger. They also enjoy me acting out the owl, especially since the player has the heroic ability that allows her to communicate with animals. That's awesome. That is.
0: I just love it when when um, when players just kind of it's it's a cooperative game that we play right mm-hmm. and i just love hearing stuff like this where the the group is coming together and suggesting ways to use this owl in this case i don't know it's cool all right
1: right right No, it's again for me personally every time someone wants a familiar or or a, a pet in games mm-hmm. it's very hard for the gm to work in i mean i'm having a hard time working in my son sean's ver- pet viractyl in our star wars game um I have to design encounters a specific way to get mm-hmm. him involved and not make it so where he hogs the spotlight. I think we're doing really good there. I and so. I think it sounds yeah. also like Chris is doing the same thing. Yep. Yep. So, onto the email, it says, Now to my question. I am making a new character for another campaign. I'm struggling with a way to create weapon attacks. And when I say weapon attacks, I'm talking about the type of attacks that you'd see in a, say, God of War. Video game. And he sent us a link to a video that shows off a bunch of the God of War moves. Mm -hmm. In addition, I'm looking for the following, if possible. One, to keep regular attacks relevant. So, perhaps the special weapon attacks derive their damage, etc., from the weapon being used. Would strain be used to activate, or story points, or both depending on strength? Blah, blah, blah uh weapon attacks would be used by warriors not technically magic users they won't have the magic skill starting off and 3 to figure out a way to make a wep- make weapon attacks able to grow in strength or variety later like when you mod a weapon to make it better etc maybe spending xp or something how would you guys do something like this thanks again for your thoughts have a great night. Sincerely, Chris.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, first of all, uh, the reason why I chose this one, because Stefan piped in, and I get to read Stefan's response. He he, he mm-hmm. said, hello, Chris. These attacks, the attacks shown in the video remind me a lot of the heroic ability Unleash from Realms of Terranoth. Do you happen to have that setting book? If not, this ability allows one to defeat a minion group by spending two story points And this ability can get more powerful with time and experience. This may be a good starting point for your weapon attacks. I'm sure Chris and Tony have more to add. And uh, Chris Allen came back um, with, uh, yes, he does have Realms of Taranoth, but he wanted it to be something more frequent. Uh, He wants you to be able to, the DM wants us to make, that's DM, he used your term, Chris.
0: Thank you, Chris, you the man. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, wants us to be able to use the attacks more frequently, and for them to be not quite as powerful as Unleash, say, or at least in the beginning. The campaign seems to have a lot more of that anime fighting vibe to it, so we might have a homebrew something. Have to homebrew something. Uh, he mentioned creating some talents to do accomplish this, but I'm not sure how that would really work.
0: That was my actually. That was actually my first thought when I had read that. Um... His question, I was thinking, Oh, maybe talents could do it, but this next sentence and what you've come up with, Tony, really.
1: Maybe I should pre-craft some spells and have them rely Mm -hmm. on the melee combat checks and derive the damage from wielding or something. Well, here's what I came up with. This is Chris. Thanks again for writing us. I love your question. I did. I loved his question. Uh, And the, and the idea that it may work for the, uh, I have an idea that may work for this situation. And uh, I said, uh, when it comes to specialized attacks, create a skill that uh, maybe it's a skill that they can buy with a tier one or two talent. Uh, I didn't put that part in there, but that would be one that mm-hmm. maybe they don't start with this, and they they have to buy a tier two talent. You know, so that you have it as it's not one that it's intrinsic to each. Uh, Class. Each class could choose different ones. And so people could take a broader range of fighting styles, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But say uh, I used an example of a furious assault skill, and I based it on willpower. Uh, Then develop a table like those from the magic skills, like you suggested, keeping in mind the following. Number one, all attacks start at average melee difficulty. So all of the special weapons... Uh, attacks are going to start like that. All of these special maneuver, combat attacks, whatever you want to call them, anything under that skill would be starting at two purple difficulty. Mm -hmm. Then you only need to make one chart per skill. You don't need uh, one for attacks and one for defense and one for, you know... You don't need that. You just need one chart. uh, And then the chart would look just like one of the spell creation charts in the Genesis Core Rulebook. It would have various differing things that you could add to your um, base attack. And it would then cost you two strain. And you could add this to your combat attacks, So your combat attacks or normal attacks still remain relevant and the same. And then the third thing is try to place the skill under a different characteristic other than brawn uh, or agility. This allows it to be, uh, allows for a much more well-rounded character and keeps the plain weapon attacks potent. Mm -hmm. So you, you have your plain melee that's underneath your, uh, your it's linked to
0: Brawn. Yep, yep.
1: Yep, it's linked to Brawn. You <clears> could have this furious furious assault that's attack, attached to your willpower. Um, so, and then you can add talents like Signature Move and Improved Signature Move in there to decrease the difficulty, indicating that you're getting better at these attacks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you can, you know, you could totally customize it for each character it allows them to have the tools to customize their maneuvers with the special with those uh, talents the signature move and improve signature move and then uh, you know it also has that each class is customizable if you keep these as a like a tier two talent that they have to take that gives them that skill much yep. like you you would take um, with bardic uh, verse in t- realms of Terranoth and uh, runic magic in realms of Terranoth. they don't you, normally there aren't col- uh, starting skills in order you'd have to take a tier two talent to get them so
0: yep yep and my thought was when so now you're probably thinking well what if I want to put the burn quality on a weapon how do I get them the, the the number? Do I link it to a knowledge skill like magic? I thought you would link it to your melee skill for that yep. weapon. Right? And so if, so it's, if it's melee heavy or melee light, you take the number of ranks you have in that and apply that to your burn quality or whatever.
1: Or That's if it is doing a doing really, it. really martial setting where you've got mm-hmm. knowledge warfare as... Yep. Or Mm -hmm. uh, knowledge fighting styles or whatever it may be, you could link it to that too. But uh, Mm -hmm. I like Chris's original idea because then it keeps those skills, those skill synergies in there. Yeah. uh, For you'll want to, why would you use your base attacks if I could just do these maneuvers all the time? Well, you want to have your base attack be pretty good too so that you can have that burn quality be three. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Or the ensnare quality be three, you know, keep them ensnared for three rounds
1: right right that kind of
0: stuff yeah
1: yeah i like that and then i last thing i added is you could even go so far as to develop factions around these various different fighting styles and then incorporate them incorporate them into a faction slash favor system from shadows of the beanstalk Ooh, nice. uh, I hope, hope this sparks your interest uh chris let us know how it goes let, let us know what your gm and you figured out you have anything else you want to add chris
0: no, you guys you you between you and you and Stefan, I really didn't have much much more to add to that. And once I read your your thoughts, your feedback on it, um, that'd probably be the way that I would go. Most definitely. I would go that way with it. <clears throat> you know.
1: I kind of felt like I was channeling you. I'm like, oh, how would Chris do this? So, <laughs> oh wow, well good. Channeling <laughs> <laughs> my inner
0: Yeah, and then if you, I remember, I, I had asked asked you, Tony. There was this um this setting in Savage Worlds called uh, Pirates of the Spanish Main that oh, yeah. had um a different schools, fighting style schools, like. For like your rapiers or your two weapon fighting and all that other stuff, and then we then we mentioned you know the different clans from um, Legend of the Five Rings and their fighting styles and such. So bringing something like that into your game is always good and gives your players more options. Players like options for
1: their characters. Oh heck yeah, they do. Yeah, that's why we that's why we made a kitchen sink setting. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> yep all right so well that covers feedback for today mm
0: -hmm. yeah thanks for the email chris that was great that was great it was it was
1: a great email engaged us into it chris Mm -hmm. and i got into a conversation about it a couple days ago and and uh Mm -hmm. yeah we really like stefan's input my input chris's input it really really came out well i think you should uh you should uh definitely uh let us know how it goes absolutely
0: all right Ready to hand out some um, 50 pieces of Awesome?
1: Uh, The coffers are full again. They are. We need to
0: get rid of them. Okay.
1: All right. Welcome to Fifty Pieces of Awesome. This is where Chris goes out, puts on his Batman costume, does the investigative work, and finds us something cool on the interwebs to give to throw money at. Yeah. Imaginary, um, like Bitcoin money.
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if I had you some got bitcoins, week? if I had some bitcoins, I wouldn't be working or anything like that. I'd be retired. <laughs> Well, what I found out there, yeah, yet again, I'm going into this theme of picking a bunch of things <laughs> and just going to throw some 50 pieces of awesome at everybody. Now, what I found were a handful of inspirational art threads on the FFG community site for forums out there for Realms of Tiernoth and Shadow the Beanstalk, and there were three threads created. In realms of Tiernoth, one for characters, fantastic locations, and monsters and villains by ESP77, mm-hmm. and I believe he was inspired by 2P51 and what 2P2P51 did on the Shadow of the Beanstalk area that has like people, and he calls it "lots of guns and props." <laughs> is another <laughs> listing. And then space, and then a naked city, and I don't know. Just I'm pulling up this first one, which is the characters thread, and this first one is like this cat folk primalist, you know, picture of like somebody in, uh, you know, and
1: uh, I don't know. That's a half cat folk.
0: It is a half cat, half cat
1: folk, isn't yep. it? But it yeah, looks know, pretty uh, damn cool, though.
0: Yeah, and oh, there's two. Yeah, so a lot of. So everybody in the community, or a lot of people in the community, just throws some of their favorite art up there. And myself, I like looking for art, and then I'm inspired to create a character. And I, I based, like my last character, I based, um, what is it, Zalsbar, on the piece of art that I saw. And I'm like, oh okay. wow cool okay he looks like a you know I'd like to make him like maybe into a Templar or something you know just started gets the mind juices flowing right sure and sure. then um these fantastic locations I know I know every once in a while I'm just you know if I'm bored i hop on my phone hop on Pinterest look through the list and' I'm like okay I'll add that to prime world machina and then <laughs> I think they I think I think it's like. Two minutes uh, before that, I think Tony may have saved the same art, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) that's what I've noticed, some of that. But, you know, all of these fantastic locations just really starts the, oh, I could totally create an adventure in this area and and whatever. So... um, Yeah,
1: well... Being a visual person, being a visual GM, I, mm-hmm. I don't use a lot of maps, but I do use I use picture props yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And so always searching for inspirational art. And I see a couple of pieces that I pinned it right in uh, our uh, Primordial Machina thread already. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, th- th- this is a great idea. And, I, I, you know, that's one of the things I love about FFG's forums is that there's so many good things on them. Yeah. So, there
0: totally yeah. is. And, and I'll tell you, I really do like the space one. If you go to the space one, probably about, I'm thinking it's probably on this first page towards the bottom a little bit. It's that picture. There it is. Two, uh, 2P51, put it in there, the FedEx Express.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's the one I, I <laughs> used to describe where Daryl used to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And
0: I think Daryl worked for FedEx before. So, I mean, so, this, I don't know. These, you know, there's a couple. Of, and then the next one right underneath that is, um, you know, a couple of ships taken off from Luna, it looks like. You know, I don't know, just all of these just inspire me to game, get me excited to game, get me excited to create you know adventures and such. So kudos to all of you out there that have shared
1: what art whoa, whoa, you whoa, like. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you sorry. can't be giving kudos.
0: No, I'm 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 leading you into it. Okay. I'm, I'm kinda of i I'm teeing you up, Tony. <laughs> so Tony, without further ado, <laughs>
1: ESP77, and 2P51, and all the others that have contributed, as well as the amazing artists that continue to do this, we give you 50 pieces of awesome and some kudos on the side.
0: (laughs) You can't spend the kudos.
1: No, you got to eat those.
0: You got to eat the kudos. They're chocolate chip. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into the meat of this thing. All right, what are we calling this show? Um, what are we calling this? Does
1: this smell new?
0: <laughs> yes, it kind of does. <laughs> All right. Okay, everybody, we are back into the meat of the show here in the books of Genesis. So open up your core rulebook to page 197. Or one or page 199 if you're in the PDF like myself <laughs> and we're gonna talk we're gonna we're gonna build some gear and specifically tonight we're gonna be building some pieces of gear for our primordial machina um, setting and how yeah. you all will go about doing it
1: so now one oh. of the things I did when we first started playing is I, when we first started playing during the playtest, I just reskinned a bunch of Gear from other settings and systems,
0: mm-hmm. and That's, I'd say probably about ninety percent of your gear will be reskinned. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, how many times can you create an axe?
1: That is the easiest hammer. way. Before we go into the you know the nuts and bolts of how to create something, the easiest way to get something into your setting that seems unique, flavor it differently. That's right. It's it's still an axe, but if you call it something different,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a bardiche... <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just basically an axe head on the end of a pole arm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you <laughs> At go, the end of a spear. I
0: mean, that's what a bardiche is, right?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, just name it something different, make it look different. That's mm-hmm. it. I mean, it doesn't even have to be right. different stat-wise. I I guarantee the the blaster pistol that I made for Jen's artificer for her um, for her implement, mm-hmm. the artificer's blaster. I just copied a blaster over from Star Wars. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, um, but anyhow, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there Mm -hmm. as a first, first and foremost, (laughs) the easiest thing to do, Mm -hmm. reskin it. That's right. But if you can't, Mm -hmm. or you've got some interesting little things you want to add, little nuggets like we're going to make today, little things that might not exist in another setting besides our primordial Machina setting. Exactly. Um, Oh. One other kind of audible. Also, we did incorporate all of the stuff from Agents of Steam in this book, also in our setting already.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, search for the stuff Steam that already room. exists. Then, if yeah. it exists and it's different, reskin it. And then, if it's not, create it. There we go. All right. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, we're on page 197. And I guess it starts with uh, some questions. Um, on when you're you know gear with specific rules and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're 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 doing a piece of gear for primordial machina for this. What are we doing? We're doing the do,
0: uh, you wanna do the piston hammer to start with? Do a weapon?
1: Well, do you wanna to do b- bounce around or do you want to start at the beginning? because it, it kind of goes in a reverse order from what I have our notes kind of in the book. It goes so gear okay. first, then armor and then weapons.
0: Oh, it does. Sure. Yeah. Let's do gear. Let's do the gear. What piece of gear have we chosen?
1: Okay. So I've chosen this awesome-looking kind of backpack apparatus um, and kind of helmet piece. That's cool. And it's called an environmental adaptation harness. Sweet. Allows it allows non amalgams to move around freely. In manifest zones, without suffering harmful harmful effects. There you go. So it's it's not a piece of armor. It's more like a, it's a backpack suit kind of thing. Yeah, a suit with a adaptive, specialized steampunky backpack on the back of it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Cool. So uh, you get in you get into the 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 nuts of it here. Um. So I'm just going to read this one sentence because it's very important. Uh, Other pieces of gear we call right tools for the job. These are items that you need to perform a particular task. Like role-playing prompts, these just need a description of what the character can do. However, for example, a respirator and an oxygen tank will let a character survive underwater for long periods of time. Without them, the character would drown. So that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what we're creating here. And so all you do is throw in the descriptive paragraph what it does
0: yep and you have a good start to it here allowing non-amalgams to move around freely in manifest zones
1: correct now i would put in some specific rules that apply to it though because you want some limitations Mm -hmm. and so that's why it kind of comes into the second type of gear that's listed on 197 here where it's gear with specific rules yes So some gear comes with a special in-game mechanical modifier. However, since gear can refer to anything that isn't a weapon or a piece of armor, guidelines for creating those mechanical modifiers are fairly broad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Creating too many pieces of gear with specific unique rules. So what that means is you don't want to add a shit ton of stuff that has specific rules. Like the example here, drinking a cup of coffee gives you a uh, a boost die for 1d5 hours. Woo. No, you don't want that in your setting. So you got to watch for that. And then the second thing that it w- tells you to watch for, what's that, Chris?
0: Um, actually, I went to another page. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Second thing that you have to look for is, are you talking about the, make sure the rules interact with existing game mechanics? Yeah. And you don't create one, and that's what I was just looking at right now. So, specifically, for our environmental adaptation harness, um, we're talking about environmental effects and Uh what is the mechanics behind that. So, if we go to page, and this is where I was just at, um, if you go to page, skip back to page 111, Uh there is um, specific, so our manifest zones are going to be fire um cold not fire our manifest zones will be the the elements like water fire air and earth right correct so um we want to kind of do something so there's this water and swimming in a vacuum where you wouldn't be able to breathe but i'm looking at this fire and acid corrosive atmospheres um there's a mechanic here that based on the rating, that's the number of wounds they would suffer every round. Mm -hmm. Um, and they'd be hard to breathe, you know, in these atmospheres and, and whatnot. So picking, I'm not sure where we were, what we were thinking of for this.
1: Well, what I was going to tell you is that, uh, When we got into it, the nuts and bolts of it, it sounds like we need a separate environmental adaptation harness for each manifest zone since they have different effects. Mm -hmm. For instance, the one that is for the water manifest zone would be able to have its own oxygen supply. It would be able to allow you to move freely. And it would allow you to not suffer from the pressures of the deep ocean or the cold of the deep ocean. Gotcha. And then, likewise, one for fire zone Mm -hmm. would be like a fire suit. Would basically give you a environmental soak versus fire effects. There you go. Yep. And um, so no, uh, and then you know, of course, you could even have ones that are. Uh, for each and for these manifest zones, you could have some that are stronger than others. You have weaker ones. You know, mm-hmm. one that's superior quality might be one that could take you through an up to da- uh, rating eight or nine yeah. manifest zone, whereas mm-hmm. a you know a lesser quality one could only take you to a rating three to five manifest zone. Yep. So we could totally have these pieces of qu- many different levels here. But the yep. point is, is that they. They they play with the existing mechanics.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and then there's the suffocation rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see us using, having, because, you know, if we're talking about an air manifest zone, right? If you're going in a thin atmosphere or basically not able to breathe or the complete opposite, breathing too much. I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not sure how that would, how that...
1: How the well, manifest would work, zone
0: would really affect
1: that. So it, it could work it for being it could work for being smothered in an earth zone where you're smothered by sand or or, or some other thing in an earth manifest mm-hmm. zone. Uh, so suffocation would be an issue in any one of those yep. zones, really. And then
0: maybe in the maybe in the um earth manifest zone and that adaptation harness, maybe there's a um maybe a uh, a more superior quality of that thing gives you a um. A burrow quality, like you're able to burrow through the earth, which, uh, you know, with just small, minute vibrations, you know, where you can just, just kind of move through the earth if you wanted to, or, or something.
1: Right a lot, on. A lot we can do there, man. Yep. And then, so the last thing that this section one and on page one ninety seven talks about is, uh, it's better to reduce penalties than add bonuses. So. We recommend this because reducing penalties means you reduce the complexity of a task. Removing setback dice from a pool is a very good one. It increases a character's chance of success while giving them fewer dice to roll. Ah, there you go. Um, decreasing difficulty of checks is another example. Cool. Um, and then it tells you what you know, what level of encumbrance you should probably give mm-hmm. items. And again, it, it, we'll go back to the rule of thumb that they had in the gear section, which was that gear should never have more than a encumbrance of f- five
0: right yeah so something like this i would i would think would have an encumbrance comparable to like a backpack right like maybe a two,
1: a, three. a three, yeah two yeah. or three since it covers like the whole body yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah and and
0: so but then again you're wearing it
1: exactly like armor
0: so does that reduce it yeah
1: well, and that's the other rule. Do, do we decide whether this can be worn with armor? Can these be? Can this be an armor attachment? Those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if you're wearing one, you would have to take your armor off to wear one. Or you'd have to have like something
0: like maybe heavy clothing would probably be. Like I'm looking at this picture here.
1: So it couldn't be have, worn with heavy armor.
0: Probably not with this lead-plated heavy trooper armor. <laughs> but I could see it – I could totally see it being a, being an attachment, though.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think that covers it. So we – you know, the environmental adaptation harness is going to be something that we'll write – you know, we'll write, you know, several different things in the paragraph. Mm-hmm. But really, it's a one-line item. Probably, it would probably be pretty common because it's, it's all about exploration of the manifest zones. We'd probably make yeah. it a rarity four. Or three. I would
0: think, I would think um, the. Yeah, I would. Maybe the more complex ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, maybe the one that allows you to burrow might be a more rare one. Um, but other than that, I mean, because our, our setting, one of the themes in our setting, we go back to our brainstorming, right? One mm-hmm. of it is exploration. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's. So you'll want to make those items that allow them to um, in- investigate explore easier to get
1: right and doing that with rarity and also reducing the mm-hmm. cost since mm-hmm. these things are very common it's okay to have these yep. things you know even though it's a real complex apparatus yeah it's only a couple hundred credits yep yeah or you'll in, probably... in, in, in in the our case of our setting we are calling them crowns a couple hundred crowns,
0: crowns. crowns. there you go <laughs> yeah and, and they'll probably cost less nearer to the manifest zone. You know an area, you know a city that's closer to say the the air manifest air manifest zone, right? You'd pre- they'd, the air adaptation harnesses would probably be less of there, course. and the other ones would probably be more expensive. So you could play around. We could play around with that too. Yep. So.
1: Cool. Alrighty then. All right. All right. So moving on. Hmm. Next section.
0: Next section, we're gonna talk about armor. And I love this piece of art you have here. (laughs) This heavy (laughs) super armor. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, dude. Thank you. Um, It's, uh, so one of the things you have to worry about, and what could be, not saying game breaking, but unbalancing, is if you don't get the soak and defense right, it might, um, it might make for a more interesting game, (laughs) if you will. Yeah. (laughs) And um in here, so I'll talk about soak real quick. Um, you know, and soak that's the that's the rating that which you would reduce, you know, when damage is coming in, you would reduce the damage by your soak and this gets added to your the soak value of your your character, which is based on the brawn rating. And you really shouldn't these these numbers should be between zero and three. Anything higher than a three, you're gonna be getting into that. oh my gosh you'll you guys he won't take any damage and by the way there are talents that will increase this value too and that's why you want to bound it on the item to this and Mm -hmm. there there might be some attachments that will increase soak as well so you know so got to keep that in mind when you're picking a soak value for things sure sure Mm -hmm. what do we have next here tony
1: Um, the defense. So Mm -hmm. armor is less less likely to have a defense than a soak. It's less common. You don't see it in the lower level armors Mm -hmm. uh, that you usually buy at character creation. Uh, If you do, it's usually only got a rating of one. Um, This goes back to the goal of keeping dice pools under control. Since defense adds setback dice to a dice pool, it can contribute to making a dice pool unwieldy if the defense is too high. That's why Mm -hmm. there's a hard cap of four across the system four defense. setback dice for defense, whether that's accumulated from defensive holding weapons, defense on your armor or defense or from cover.
0: Or cover grand
1: on? or grand total four, four setback dice from defense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's true that soak is more reliable than rolling. However, uh, soak just mitigates the damage on successful hits. It has nothing to do with creating threat. That's why defense is a little bit more powerful. Uh, Threats stop critical injuries. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: why it's important. Um, And also, threats can't be ignored by soak or breach. That's why defense is a little bit better. Yep. So. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So if they don't, so if the thing doesn't hit you, because you know your four your four setback dice for your defense generated what eight failures. All right. you're that lucky. Right. right. <laughs> It'll be tough. <clears throat> yeah. And All then right. again that and no, then again ahead. we have a um then we go into our then we go into encumbrance again. Um and you'll want to keep this value between two and five, with five being the armors that have the higher soak. That have a lot of soak. Like probably this I'm looking at this armor the picture of this armor that you have that we're gonna build up. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of soak. It's gonna be heavy.
1: But I'm looking here. at I'm looking at full plate mail and Terranoth <clears throat> as an example.
0: I was gonna bring it up too. Yep, yep. I was gonna say it, that too.
1: Just as an example, it has an encumbrance of four.
0: Yeah, see, there you go. And then when you wear it, you subtract three from the encumbrance when you have when you're when you've actually donned your armor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So okay. What else What next do we have to consider here when we're creating the, armor?
1: The next item you consider is the special rules and item qualities. So generally armor doesn't have a lot, uh, as many qualities as uh, weapons do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there are a few, and they it's very important to keep in mind the few that it does have, particularly the reinforced quality because the reinforced quality is such a huge deal it makes it renders pierce and breach worthless yeah so not only is that rare but it's extremely costly yep uh to add to your armors um if you design a special rule, consider something like stealth penalties uh, found in fantasy, fantasy Armor on page 145. Yeah, you're know, not
0: stealthy with their plate mail.
1: Or perhaps um, coercion checks, a boost to them for very frightening armor sets, like an, an armor that's made from the bones of people. You know, yep. that might actually. Uh, <laughs> yep add to your uh, coercion. Mm -hmm. If you design, when you design these special rules, use the same guidelines that were on the previous page, which is try to take away setback dice before you add boost dice, try Mm -hmm. to play with the existing mechanics of the game and, and don't go overboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now what I like here, when we're talking cost and rarity, they have a really nice table here. One dash one armor cost calculations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just use values as far as a rarity goes, you know, as kind of a baseline, um, kind of compare, you know, like for instance, we're going to be creating, um, uh, this heavy trooper armor, right? Um, right. And I,
1: now I have images just so you know, these images, I will put these on our Facebook link, uh, Facebook page in the, 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 the episode when we put it up, the images will be in there. They will be in our Miwi. um, Mm -hmm. We'll put the images out there for you guys to see of the stuff that we're making, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, So, you know, if you want to compare, like, hey, I have a suit of this leather armor versus this full plate mail armor, you can look at the rarities. Um, Who knows? Maybe metal isn't as rare in your setting, and Mm -hmm. leather is more rare. I don't know. It just all depends. On there, but these these armor cost calculations. This is a really neat um, really neat table, um, where you would just go in there and go, hey. So if you, you add 50 credits, in our case crowns, four plus mm-hmm. one defense, nice plus, plus four defense would add 5,000 to the cost of the armor. <laughs> you know, and you just can you know, we just build up this um, build up the armor as we go.
1: Nice. So let's try this. All right. So what we're building, before you uh, all uh, know, uh, what we're building is Praetorian heavy armor. Mm -hmm. Now the Praetorians are the the vast army of the city of Calder, which is the basically the human supremacists of the volcanic region or Mm -hmm. the fire manifest zone on the west or the um, eastern border of our world um, and this these, these they're basically stormtroopers
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. and um, they're 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 un sorry they're undead supremacists not human supremacists <laughs> right
0: undead it, fire nazi supremacists
1: <laughs> right cuz every system is better with nazis <laughs> yep um, <laughs> and pirates you got to have somebody to and hate and ninjas
0: <sighs> if you have all, all right. those you're set <laughs>
1: damn skippy all right so these uh these uh heavy praetorian armor it is what it is it's it, what it says it's heavy mm-hmm. so right away i know i'm gonna make this a four or a five in encumbrance before i even get into anything and that's it's based
0: be- on that's based on just thinking of so our first so your first thought there tony was hey this
1: looks like full plate mail does yes. full
0: plate mail exist somewhere?
1: Yes. Yes. In Tiernoth. So when I looked at that, I looked at that. Full plate mail has a defensive one, a soak of plus two, an encumbrance of two, hard points, which we haven't gotten into because the system really doesn't get into hard points, mm-hmm. um, which is something we'll cover when we go into our crafting show in a few episodes. Right. Um, but uh, it, it, it has two hard points. It costs 1,000 credits and has a rarity of six. Mm-hmm. So let's start with this heavy Praetorian armor. Again, like I said, definitely going to be heavy. So I want it to be, it looks like it's more bulky than even a full plate mail.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking this soak of two might be a little light.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And the encumbrance of four might be a little light <laughs> as well. I, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I think it's a kind of like plate mail dialed up to eleven, in my in my opinion. Yeah, Yep. So I mean, it's not quite power armor, but it's very heavy.
0: But so are That's we talking? Are we talking? Are we gonna? I mean, do we want to take almost the maximum of these values for soak and defense for this armor? Is that what I don't we're think we thinking?
1: have to go that high with defense. Maybe what two I was thinking,
0: instead of the one.
1: What I was thinking was. Two in defense three in soak. A three in soak
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a five in encumbrance. Perfect. So okay. then what does that give us when we calculate it? Okay, so calculating its cost. Mm-hmm. Um so a two in defense, it says here on the chart, table three, one dash one armor mm-hmm. cost calculations, a plus two defense is five hundred. Oof,
0: not going to be getting that at character creation.
1: No. <laughs> uh, you're probably going to only get this by peeling it off of the corpses the, uh, of dead Praetorians if you're <laughs> lucky enough to take out the heavy Praetorians. Yeah. Um, and then a soak of three has a thousand.
0: thousand. Oof. So 1,500, boom, right there.
1: Now, the. -1 mm-hmm. encumbrance -2 encumbrance -3 well, encumbrance
0: I, I think it's one of the I, yeah there's a yeah that would probably be coming in where hey if we use a if it's if the base is like what um like 5 right mm-hmm. but then if you make this praetorian armor with like um a lighter alloy then it no. would reduce the cumbrance right is that I, what, I that's meaning? what
1: that I think that what is is um so if you make an armor Mm -hmm. that is only uh, two encumbrance. When it's worn, it is zero encumbrance, so therefore it has a minus two encumbrance rating.
0: Oh, I understand.
1: So basically anything three, four, and five will have the same cost. Okay. So it's a silly way to write the chart. I don't know why they did that, why they didn't just go one encumbrance, two encumbrance, and three, four, and five encumbrance, but whatever. That's my take on it, I'm guessing. Um, maybe that's a question for the devs themselves. But uh, That's true. Um, I, I can't see. Let's see. It doesn't say anything about it in the paragraph. So anyhow, um, I'm, I'm taking it that way. So that adds another 500 credits to our value. We're at grand total 2,000 credits or 2,000 crowns gotcha. for a suit of heavy Praetorian armor.
0: Because when you wear it, the encumbrance will be two.
1: Yes, it'd be five minus three for a total of two. That is my guess.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's a little confusing. If anybody else has any ideas on it, (laughs) let us know.
1: calculating cost for your new item starting cost zero use values Mm -hmm. on the baseline it doesn't really say
0: it really Um. doesn't and (laughs) i i don't know i'm i'm my first thought at that was if you have something at a certain encumbrance right like the base value of it is like say or your leather armor is whatever but if you create another item that's one less than the basic leather armor a minus one encumbrance that's lower than that, you increase
1: it by... You, you bring up it. a valid point, Chris. You bring
0: up the... So, okay, so here you go then. So our Praetorian armor, that's five encumbrance. If we create Praetorian armor that's two encumbrance, that's where you add the 500 in, maybe.
1: Yeah, you have a valid costs. point. I, I think... That might be it. I think that's probably it.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. We,
1: All right, we're, we're going to we'll go, with, go a, with that. We'll go with that. We'll go with <laughs> 1,500. Gold crowns, or 15, crowns.
0: 1,500 gold crowns, but, dude, this armor looks very reinforced to me. It does. That Praetorian armor looks very reinforced to me. Yeah. Let's add another 3K to the cost
1: <laughs> of it. Okay, so we're going to add 3000 to the uh, uh, value of it, and it now, because of the reinforced quality, so it's now immune to Breach. Yep. And, and Pierce.
0: Pierce. So, Damn. do we have any <laughs> other positive qualities? Um, yeah, this superior. Is probably superior. Yeah. And what does superior do for armor? Let me look. Let me look. We should have known. We went through
1: all of them last time. <laughs> Can't remember them all every Can't time. All we all are every time. older folks. <laughs>
0: well, we are. Superior on, um. Superior item, Sterling. A superior item generates automatic advantage Advantage. on all checks related on its to its use.
1: So when you're, you know, doing things in your armor, you automatically are going to add a. I don't think. No, there's no way. (laughs) I think we should just leave it at reinforced. Yep. Reinforced. Yeah. Now I'm creating a special rule. If you wanted to create a special rules for it, you could, you know, you could even give it more hard points or things like that. But I think this right here, good, good solid framework. It's two defense, three soak, mm-hmm. and reinforced quality. And uh, you know, then any Praetorian helmet oh, yes. can be worn with it. And you know, you can get one that's environmentally sealed and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Cool. All I right. Like it. All right.
0: Did you write down those stats? Hell no,
1: they're they're recorded for posterity.
0: Hang on a minute, <laughs> let me add it because we might have to for something here. If you didn't read what we're gonna be doing
1: for, okay, go no ahead.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right,
1: there we go. All right, good stuff. Okay. All right, so yeah, um, moving on into the weapons section.
0: Yes, creating a weapon.
1: So the first thing it talks about is the general attributes. Surprisingly, Mm -hmm. ranged and melee weapons share a lot of the same attributes. So first, we'll discuss the attributes that apply to both. Um, Starting Mm -hmm. with critical rating. Yep. When choosing a crit rating for your weapon, consider how lethal you want the weapon to be. Crit ratings range from 1 to 6. Values yeah. of one to six are very rare – or one or six are very rare since it, to generate that much – one advantage is often and almost well, is too often and almost never will one get six. Well,
0: uh, ap- I don't know. The other night, <laughs> somebody
1: generated like eight, right? Eight. Eight advantage on one. Eight on advantage. One yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh my god but they had no successes so they still couldn't have crit <laughs> yeah exactly. um, so uh, the average crit rating is considered a three mm-hmm. this should probably be your default for most weapons and is and it makes critical injuries rare enough to be an event when it happens um, but still common enough you can get a couple times in a single encounter
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a crit rating of two should be applied to more deadly weapons uh, yep. that are sharper or have more um Teeth, so to speak. Yep. Um, and a crit rating of four is a weapon that is really going to inflict a lasting or m- immediately lethal injuries less often. Um, and a crit of five or higher usually means the weapon is almost never going to inflict a critical injury, such as you know, like a taser. It doesn't really right. crit.
0: I mean, I so. think I think just by default, unarmed attacks. If you're just going to punch somebody. It's a crit five, if yeah. you want to crit them, you'll have to generate five advantage for that. Yeah. So, and then um and then when you look at your encumbrance, um, you know brawling weapons they say should have an encumbrance of one. Those are like your, um, what do you call it? Like your your uh, knuckles. Brass duckers. knuckles. Brass knuckles. Yeah, your steel gauntlet, right? Yeah. Um, Melee light weapons and ranged light weapons should have an encumbrance of one, maybe two. If it's a heavy blaster, maybe you know, a, you know, I don't know. No, nope. or a yeah. bow, or like a light crossbow. I don't know if they use heavy ranged heavy or ranged light, but maybe that would be a two. And then your melee heavy, your ranged heavy should have encumbrance of like three or four. Um. And I do say gunnery weapons can have a lot of encumbrance, as much as eight or nine. So yeah, so if you want to have your dude carrying around a cannon, right? Sheesh, it's gonna be heavy. Yeah, <laughs> you right. Um, and in those, you know, like like say the, you know, I was watching the um the Pacific on um on Netflix or something like that, and. The, the Marines were carrying one guy, was carrying the tripod, and the other guy was carrying the freaking gun for the M60. I think it was an M60 that they were using the, the big SMGs that they used over there walking through the jungle. So, you know, those are your gunnery weapons where you have two people need to carry the thing if you're walking gotcha. through the jungle or something. So. <clears throat> And again, when you think encumbrance, it's not necessarily weight, it's bulk, right? Right. It's like how bulky right. the thing is. So, then what do we have?
1: Okay. We have uh, rarity and cost. Mm-hmm. As with armor, the weapon, the Table 3 1-2 weapon cost calculations does not give you the perfect means for calculating cost. That means you can tweak them a little bit. Uh, yep. well, all we intend to do is give you a starting point. Cost should always start at zero, and your rarity, of course, is entirely up to you, as per it is with everything else in the setting mm-hmm. or in here. Um, it also has a sidebar up top here for base damage. Remember when then you set when you set a damage for a weapon, it's only its base damage. When a character uses a weapon, they add additional damage based on the number of uncanceled successes they generate. And you should think of each weapon as dealing one to two more damage on the average Mm -hmm. than is its listed damage value. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Just keeping that in mind because most attacks are going to – well, every attack that hits is going to regenerate at least one more damage. So the average ones are going to generate one to two. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. Mm-hmm. So what are we building?
0: We're going to be building a piston hammer.
1: Nice. So immediately what
0: I thought of, mm-hmm. go over to the realm of
2: <laughs>
0: And guess what, everybody? I'm going to be picking a great battle axe. No, I'm sorry. A war hammer.
1: Oh, I thought we were choosing a dagger <laughs> as our base.
0: Darn yeah, it. a dagger as a base. That's right. So a <laughs> war hammer here. Is gonna be heavy, plus five damage. So you're gonna Woo. be adding. So you're gonna be adding five to your brawn. Okay. The crit rating is four, so it's not as. So it's not an average crit rating. It's a little. It's gonna be a little harder to crit with this thing. Gotcha. Um, the encumbrance is four. Makes sense big-ass thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. Yeah, encumbrance is four. That's um, our
1: base values. That's yeah. our
0: base value. And then the special qualities, concussive of one, which concussive means they can't... Um, it'll stagger can't, someone. It'll stagger somebody for, for one, one round. round. Cumbersome four. You need a four brawn to not... Take any penalties. It's an accurate one, which means you're going to be swinging it with a setback die all the time. Mm-hmm. And it and it has the knockdown quality, um, nice. which means if you generate two um, two advantage, you can knock somebody down a medium sized cr- medium sized creature. Silhouette one creature. Sorry, I was playing D anD D Friday night. Um, and uh, <laughs> if you if you want to knock down a silhouette two creature like probably your ogres or your larger maybe somebody in power armor right um, yep. you're gonna need three advantage to knock them over to you know to activate that nice so that's actually a good start for that's a piston great start hammer. that's actually but what does the piston part give us though so I have this. Like
1: I have this spring-loaded kind of feature to it where Mm -hmm. it's going to add extra damage, right? Oh, my gosh. Or it's going to add... Now, this is the thought I had. Uh It adds the blast quality to a melee attack.
0: Oh, You can activate... Oh, I like that.
1: But it's going to have a prepare rating. Because you've got to load it. That's you've got to crank it.
0: Well here, well, here you go then. Here, let me ask you something. So, though it has a prepare quality, mm-hmm. if you hit somebody, activate blast, right? Mm-hmm. And then in order for you to use blast again, you have to do the prepare, which is what? A maneuver, probably, to lo- reload it?
1: Uh, it takes uh, one maneuver. To question
0: will you, be, will you be able to use it without that without being, yes without yes do the
1: base damage right and you would not have the best blast quality so if you choose not to,
0: yeah i like that idea a lot actually. it would
1: basically look just like your regular average warhammer in the stat block in the mm-hmm. chart however in the in the paragraph where you describe it because in some of these oh, that we we're talking yeah. about this is why I chose this item For a de- in the descriptive paragraph we're going to put in here that a fully prepared piston hammer or a loaded piston hammer will have the blast quality and we probably should go with blast 4 okay And prepare one or two? I like prepare one. Okay. But what do you think? One well, maneuver to reload? Question.
0: Here's a question. There, it, it does get into, yeah, it does kind of get into that. Because um, then I they can use it again. Round. They can use it every round, but here's a question. If we do prepare two, they would still be able to use it every round. But it but would cause strain. To, it would cause strain, and they wouldn't be able to aim with it.
1: Yeah, so, and I kind of like prepare two.
0: Prepare two. Yeah, in order to use it every round, you need to spend strain. Now with prepare one, you'd still be able to attack every round, but if you want to aim with it, it would be more stressful because you'd have to, right? You'd have to take another maneuver. Right. Yeah, you know what? I like prepare two. Let's throw throw it prepare two in there. Okay. Why not?
1: That's cool. And that's it, really. Yeah. Um, so let's so, see
0: how close. Let's see if they followed their own pricing.
1: Ah, you guessed what I was going to do there. Oh, we, oh sweet! <laughs> see, we
0: are. You are my brother from another mother. Well, okay. Uh, so everybody. There. So the price is six hundred. All right. That's what they have in Tiernoth. What do we come uh-huh. up with, Tony? Let's see what we go through theirs.
1: All right. So starting uh, the damage. Yes.
0: Oh, it a paragraph for that. Mm-hmm. Did you find that yeah. one? Uh
1: no I did not.
0: Okay, so there is a so what they did say when you are um the Brawl oh, weapons oh, on damage, page two oh one um most comp close combat weapons they say that's like the second sentence. Um, Actually, the, actually, it's pretty much the last, the last sentence in that first paragraph. When you're determining damage rating, mentally add 3 to the value you're considering to determine actual damage. Most melee-focused characters have a brawn of 3. Right? Gotcha. So in
1: this case, right. our damage would be fo- uh, plus 5, so that'd be 8. So we're going to have a starting price of 500.
0: Oh, you guys
1: maybe maybe we'll because see. some of these reduce the quality so we have 500 right. starting price mm-hmm. all right now we get into the crit rating crit that's rating four. is 4 that's- so that's only, that's going to add 50 right okay and then the range now is there a ranges comment on range
0: not. no ranges won't add anything for us because we're engaged
1: it's engaged range so mm-hmm. plus 0 for range got it and then oh here we go that's cumbersome a and unwieldy. So, so a cumbersome, cumbersome four s- subtracts 100 per rank beyond one. We have so cumbersome four, so we're going to take 300 off of that. Oh. So we are now back down to 250.
0: Maybe they have followed their own guidelines. We're testing you, FFG. (laughs) Burn and snare Uh. and link qualities, no. Defensive deflection, no. Disorient accurate stun qualities, no. Um, Concussive
1: quality, though. Concussive adds 1,000 per rank, and it has concussive 1, so we're at 1,250. Yep. (laughs) Other positive
0: qualities.
1: Knockdown is not listed. Yep, so uh, that's
0: so, a plus 100 for knockdown.
1: So we're at 1350.
0: And then we have inaccurate one.
1: Which is minus a negative.
0: 75 or 100?
1: I would say 100.
0: Man, I'd say minus 100, because that's a setback die. Every so back single to 1250. A malier, and then the melee brawl weapons reduce the cost by 50%.
1: By fifty percent, so that would be six hundred twenty-five credits.
0: Oh, they are so close. Way you to know go! What?
1: But they said right here, this is not hard and fast, and it requires some tweaking. Maybe they tweaked for Terranoth being a little bit lower money sitting setting.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, in this case, I think they were in the ballpark. I think if you're within, you, you know, within fifty to hundred credits of a base value, there. You're doing pretty good. Yeah, there's now,
0: 625.
1: So now ours is 625, mm-hmm. and then we add in the conditional qualities. Yes. Uh, the additional. Other positive <laughs>
0: qualities would be so, 100 per rank or 250.
1: Well, Blast is pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, I say 250 for Blast, just for I Blast. think so, too. Yep. yep. Plus 250. So, So we're at eight seventy five.
0: Mm-hmm. And then prepare two is a negative. I would almost do the whole um I'd almost do a negative one hundred, maybe even a negative two hundred, because it's prepare two instead of prepare one.
1: I don't know. Yeah, prepare is I don't know. I like Oh, negative idea.
0: 70 Oh, it says negative 75 per rank. Actually, I like, I like the negative 75 better.
1: So, minus 150. So that's giving us to a, a total of 725. 725.
0: So we can either round down or we can leave it at 725. For the cost of this, 725 feels pretty good.
1: 725 it's, does feel good. It feels like it's better than your average warhammer uh-huh, and you're paying that premium.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would even go so far as to increase its rarity. Your average Warhammer is a rarity 3. I would say ours is more like a rarity 5.
0: 5, yep. I was thinking 6, but 5. 5, five or, or six, 6 would be good, yep. Yep.
1: yep. Uh, depending on where you're at. Obviously, it would be its standard rarity would probably be 5, mm-hmm. but... That's what you would find in a right. in a flushing, flourishing market, whereas your frontier areas, you're not going to find it for that. It's going to be much if,
0: more. If we have one go back here, what did we say the rarity of the Praetorian armor would be?
1: Oh, if that Did we talk was, about
0: that?
1: I'm sorry. That would yeah. have been a, like a nine.
0: A nine? Would it be... Um,
1: finding one the, of those on the black market or finding... It's also going to be restricted. restricted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So capital R, restricted. <laughs>
1: And a rarity eight or nine, and I and the way I said reason I say that is because that I mean the Praetorians, the, you don't see the heavy Praetorians very often. You usually no. only see the uh, regular Praetorians, and their armor is a dime a dozen.
0: Right. You probably These won't be are... buying that armor. You'll probably be going out, destroying some of them, <laughs> and yeah. then taking their armor from them. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the piston hammer, you that weapon, you'd probably be able to buy it somewhere.
1: Any artificer, of course. Could make it.
0: Any artificer can make it. Yep. Yep. Cool. I like it. I do too. All right. Good. Because, yeah, we need that information (laughs) for later.
1: (laughs) Sure, 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 sure. All right. So there's our three basic items. And there's a lot more here. You know, on page 202.01, there's a lot of dialing in for specific things. Like Mm -hmm. what skill it uses. You want to pay attention to that. Um Limited ammo, guided, linked. It gives you, you know, kind of ballparks on some uh, many of these. Um, yep.
0: Oh yeah. Qualities. It, was, it was even saying prepare and slow firing. Mm-hmm. Both of these qualities represent extra time, so it should be one or two waiting three rounds before using something is um, makes it merely worthless to people. But having yeah. to spend strain, it's like yep, I'll spend the strain to attack again with the thing.
1: Yeah, and I like they having a hammer that you got to crank up to make more powerful. That's so cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you select a blast rating, use the same guidelines you were for determining base damage. For weapons, can have slightly lower damage than the weapon's damage, which we did. I mean, yep. we it's. I mean, the blast rating is basically half the amount yep. of damage, right? Um, right, and that's generally
1: what you'll find on most blast weapons. That yeah. that's usually. Uh, either two thirds or half the damage of the original. Yeah. So. Cool. All right, well, folks, that's that's your basic weapon and armor and gear creation, but mm-hmm. we created our own setting. Yes. And it's a magic setting. But we have more, everybody. <laughs> yes. But wait, there's more. But wait. <laughs> that's right. Um, so if you'll remember our last advantageous threats, mm-hmm. my character was using something called a buzz cleaver. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what I decided was we would go ahead and I've already done most of the work for it, but I've designed the buzz cleaver. Now, when we created the artificer class, we decided that one of the things is that they're, they were going to get a starting implement mm-hmm. and their implement could either be a buzz cleaver or a blaster cannon so mm-hmm. this is a a a melee weapon that uses the artifice skill or a blaster weapon that uses the artifice skill right Um, and it's it's counted as an implement So the buzz cleaver, its implement side of it, buzz cleavers are one of the two implements commonly used by artificers. A buzz cleaver is an alchemy-powered device that channels an artificer's attacks and other spells. It can also be used as a normal weapon that uses the artifice skill to wield. Uh, In this case, uh, what it does as far as an implement is it reduces the cost of the empowered... uh, action for spells by one. Gotcha. So
0: That's cool. it,
1: it it's now I thought about either doing that or giving now See, that one. I that was what the um, the artificer implement for the the blaster cannon did. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I'd keep it the same. But, you know, now that I'm looking at it and thinking, I want this to be different, I want it to stand out, and I completely forgot about a different weapon quality, I or spell quality, I honestly think this should reduce the cost of close combat being added to attack spells. I think so, too. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and change that to close combat.
0: Because close combat is normally a plus-one difficulty. This one, you will not have to. You'll automatically get the close combat added. You can add it for free.
1: Yeah, so reduces the cost of close combat added to attack spells. Yeah. All right, that's cool. So, uh, the the, uh, the but we need regular weapon stats because you know as an artificer, I can just wield this thing as a weapon, mm-hmm. wade into combat with it. So, looking at what I've got here, I've got a very vicious looking chainsaw axe-like thing, right? Yes. But it's also got a much smaller blade than your standard axe. Um,
0: so, Realms of Taranoth? <laughs> so,
1: I went to Realms of Taranoth. <laughs> and I, and, and a, well, it's not really smaller blade. It's much uh, what I'd call a much more vicious-looking blade. Um, gives you a hint of what quality I added. Mm-hmm. Uh, the axe is uh, normally uses melee light. Uh, In this case, we're going to upgrade it to melee heavy. Or artifice, sorry. It uses artifice. Um, But it requires two hands to wield. Okay. Just so you know. Um, Damage is going to be plus three. Crit is going to be three, just like the axe. Makes sense. Uh, The uh, engaged range, Mm -hmm. encumbrance of two, all those stay the same. They have a rarity of one for axes. Um, I, mine is obviously a much more rare item. Um, if you're not an artificer, it's. Uh, I would actually say this is more like a five. Tip. Rarity five item. Um, and then I gave it a couple of qualities here. So mine is, uh, it's got vicious just like the axe, but I increased it to two, vicious yeah. two. It's going to have Sunder, also. Ooh. And then we also gave it the Prepare of one. So in order to use it, you're going to have to, you know, kick it in motion. It's powered, so you gotta you gotta have uh, you gotta mm-hmm. power power it up each time you go to use it for just a regular melee weapon. Nice requires a maneuver. Um. So going back to our table that we used for the the cost. the cost calculation we have a base of zero we're starting at zero with a damage of plus three so total of six mm-hmm. so our base cost is 250 yep then crit rating of three add 150 for a total of 400. And then... Engage uh,
0: range, so it doesn't add anything.
1: Adding, yep, nothing it's for not engage range. not cumbersome
0: or unwieldy.
1: Nope. Um, no burn and snare or linked. Or
2: no defensive
1: right. reflection. No disorient, accurate, or stun. No concussive. So we just go to the other qualities. So with Vicious 2, uh, Vicious 200 is 200. It's a total of 600 now. Mm-hmm. Um...
0: Sunder would probably be a two hundred and fifty quality, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, Sunder is cool. a two hundred and fifty quality. I believe it listed it as that um, on the. It doesn't say on the next page. Sunder is not listed, but I think that stands for a two fifty. So what that puts us is eight fifty, and then the Sup- prepare Sup- of one. I Sup- just take track- seventy five off of that.
0: Just subtract seventy five. Okay.
1: So that's we're 400, at four
0: hundred, six hundred, eight, nine, twenty-five.
1: No, subtracting that would be seven seventy-five, eight fifty. Sorry, I did it the other way.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so seven hundred and seventy-five, and five, and that yep. gives us a a weapon that's usable by artificers as well as being an implement. Now, since it's an implement...
0: Well, because it's a melee weapon, though, do we reduce the cost of 500? Or by 50%? uh,
1: Because it's an implement, I don't think we should. I think it's... Because normally it would be a melee weapon because it uses Mm -hmm. the melee skill. But because this uses the artifice skill, I would not reduce it.
0: Cool. Well... Here's a question for you, though. Sure. If we do, say we do f- 50%, right? It makes it just under 400, so we can round it up to 400, which is the same as a magic staff or wand.
1: Hmm. Now you haven't it gets convinced. A, it gets in convinced. <laughs> it, it gets in that,
0: well, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, but the druid circlet is 750.
1: But those can be, be used as a melee weapon as well. Oh, You're I basically you getting two devices.
0: I do. I see what you mean there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can hit somebody with a staff,
1: right? Maybe true. Not a
0: wand, but you can hit somebody <laughs> with a staff, right?
1: That's true. <clears throat> but it's certainly not going to be as lethal as if you were just uh, mm-hmm. uh, wielding a buzz cleaver. Gotcha. So uh, that was why I decided. I think we should should divide it. in half shouldn't it Yeah. should not because it is an implement as well as a weapon so you're getting gotcha. two, two bangs for your buck mm-hmm. cool and you get to make handy dandy chainsaw noises while using it
0: now does it add any um, does it add any to the damage of your spells oh well
1: yeah um do you add three plus three yeah add three to the damage of spells yeah, plus three damage. got a good three point spells. there
0: well because I was just looking at the magic staff and the wand the wand adds plus 3 mm-hmm. the staff adds plus 4 um, yeah I see this more of a, a plus 3 maybe
1: no that's, that's great it, that's what it adds to the melee attack it adds plus 3 brawn yeah. I think it adds plus 3 to the spell as well
0: yeah cool alright rock on
1: well, okay that's our buzz cleaver everybody <laughs> Nice. Kick ass weapon, dude. All right. The last item we have some, well, our of items. Yes, you've heard us talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh if you've to our show at all, we have in our setting we have the Fey God Kings. These j- immense unknowable creatures, mm-hmm. Cthulhu like um noble beings that ruled over everything mm-hmm. and kept everyone as slaves for
0: Almost kind of makes me think of like Greek Titans. Yes. Like Kronos and whatever. Yeah.
1: However, they all did. Yeah.
0: There are pieces (laughs) of them all over the place.
1: And there are pieces of them everywhere. And And, so those bits and pieces, we gave a name. mm -hmm. called them Fey Crystals. Yes. And uh, I have a little blurb here I'm going to read that I wrote. A fey crystal is a substance harnessed from the crystallized remains of the fey god kings. It comes in a variety of forms, and here are the known forms of fey crystal. The first of which, I'll read here. Uh, The the golden fey crystal is rumored to have originated from the brains and vital organs of the fallen fey god kings. When used as an implement in a spell it allows the caster to perform a spell that is normally prohibited by his or her magic type at a base uh, difficulty of formidable or 5 purple dice yep if the and that's just the that's base basic spell
0: mm-hmm.
1: so if you're say a fire mage and you want to heal you can use a fae god crystal to heal yep you normally could not do. Mm-hmm. However, it's going to be a five purple difficulty to do. And if you want to do anything special other than the base five, you're going to have to upgrade instead of increase difficulty.
0: Yeah. Making by the, make those by purples the, um, the reds.
1: The yep. So for instance, choosing additional target for your heal normally increases that difficulty by one. Yep. Well, in this case, it's going to upgrade one of those five purple dice to a red one red,
0: One red, four purple just to heal more than one person at once.
1: Ouch. Yeah. You're healing with fire.
0: <laughs> Counterintuitive, but it's cauterizing. Hello, that's got to give me a bonus.
1: What, but <laughs> what this also allows you to do, though, is that, because one of the things written in the magic section of the book is that any spell with a difficulty higher than five is impossible. Yep. It cannot be cast any any total amount. Mm-hmm. What this allows you to do though is even spells that you normally can can do can do like for instance a fire mage using an attack but adding a bunch of modifiers to it. He then would roll a 5 purple difficulty and upgrade for each of those modifiers he wanted to add to it up mm-hmm. to a grand total of 5 red dice what's that mean you still can't get over five <laughs> you're exactly. still not you're still not creating a b- great spell so this d- this isn't broken that's why uh, so
0: the so basically my fire mage will be able to resurrect somebody
1: mm-hmm though
0: it's gonna be a four red one purple check
1: <laughs> but it allows your prohibited allows magic to, to work
0: but I need the fay crystal to do it
1: Yes, and I actually, I'll get into, I did use a Golden fay crystal as a bit of a, of a MacGuffin in one of our sessions, cool. but I'll get into that later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's the next one, Chris?
0: The next one is a fay Blood Crystal. It is ruby-colored and is said to have come from the hearts and blood of the fay God Kings. It is used as a fuel replacement for steam-powered tech. This will decrease the weight of that tech by one-half. But it increases the cost by five. And it'll last for years. So we'll get into more of the steam-powered mecha stuff in a future show as well. But this fuel is if you just have a crystal that'll fuel your mecha, your mech, um, for years if you want.
1: Right. And I even thought about going and, like, creating small versions, tiny little versions mm-hmm. of these that you could use to, like, uh, like you could use as like fuel for spells or something but i hadn't gotten that far yet where it would right. be balanced and that's right. something we have to play test out so
0: and then this could be you know any steam power tech so your, your the airships you know maybe the the you know the some of the um ships too
1: that steam dune buggy you guys were riding around in the desert with
0: steam dune buggy <laughs> yeah <baby>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. And then the, the next kind, and these are the only three that I have right now, we may have more later, but, uh, the Alabaster Fae Crystal is the rarest of the Fae Crystals and is said to be harnessed from the Fae God King's teeth, horns, and claws, uh, to describe it, I would go, uh, it's kind of whitish in color, usually, uh, mm-hmm. flecked with some sort of orange or reds or greens, mm-hmm. uh, Uh, So that kind of gives it a distinctive look. Mm -hmm. Um, And the rule is, when used as an implement in an attack spell or as a construction material for a weapon, it adds the Breach 1 quality to it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Simple enough. Right, yeah.
0: So what does Breach mean, everybody? It ignores 10 points of soak from
1: armor. Now imagine a a spell that does that. Yeah. That's why these are rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're going to be the rarest of the rare. Right. They're going to be your story MacGuffins. They're rarity 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, very, very few people or things are going to see them. You're going to find weapons in this system. The artifact type relic weapons are made out of this. Yep. Um, they and can damage
0: and the hulls of ships and you can damage the, you know, yep. you can damage your mechs and stuff with them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty nasty.
1: So, pretty yeah, it cool. gives you an idea of what uh, our primordial machina setting stuff we've been working on for gear and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, sweet. You have anything else you want to add to this section, Chris? Um,
0: I do not. I do not. This is cool. I like going through through these and working through creating items and such.
1: Yeah, and we did get some costs. cool items created sent to us on that G, on that email from GM Goodmo. We'll get into those next time. We just don't have the time for them yeah, this time. Yeah, so. yeah. All right then.
0: Well, let's get into the next. Um, let's. You want to set the tone, there, Tony?
1: Let's go set the tone. Yeah, welcome to setting the tone, folks. <laughs> Uh, this is where we normally are going to open up the books and talk about uh, one of the fluffy sections of uh, one of the settings. But, but we're, not. Uh, <laughs> we're not doing that this time. This is really kind of like our audible section. We just do whatever we want in this section. Really. Yeah, pretty much. Um but I, want to kind of, I wanted to kind of talk about my playtest, uh, our playtest that we did of Primordial Machina and how it's going. Uh, Chris is pretty much done with it. Um, the rest of the group has like two more adventures and then we're done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start out with um, the characters we had. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about all those before, but um, we had um, Chris – and uh my friends Dave, Jen, and Dale from my Grognard group mm-hmm. and uh Daryl the gaming whore. Yeah. Started out that uh, that was our core group. Um our beloved gaming whore, I should say. Yes. Yeah, he is beloved. <laughs> um <laughs> and uh so what did you make, homie? I made a fire amalgam.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, fire amalgam specialized what? specialized in um, well magics,
1: mm. right? And which one did you choose? The fire amalgam. Fire amalgam is your race, but you chose fire mage also, right? I
0: did. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the That's element fun. I picked was fire. Yeah, you yeah. can
1: lead a horse to water, it's but you can't make park. him drink.
0: That's right. You can't make me drink. <laughs> I feel, still feeling good, man.
1: <laughs> yep. Jamalto uh, Fear, your uh, fire amalgam, Fear. fire mage, elementalist.
0: Yeah, he was a. Uh, he's fun. That's a present space character, so he had some um, leadership qualities and some the fire. Um, Fire mage blasting stuff was fun. It always yeah. is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now was pretty cool. Okay, and then uh, we also had um, just to go through the group. We had Jen, who was playing an uh, a human uh, intellectual archetype, mm-hmm. uh, and she made the uh, artificer or the mad scientist. Yeah. Um, and um,
0: and she picked the she, range weapon for
1: her implement, right? Yes, she picked the artificer blaster. Mm-hmm. as her uh, initial Im- Im- implement, and uh, she's been using that to great effect. She's done some modifications to it to make it just freaking deadly. Nice. And um, she gave it uh, the impact quality, so that it just, like, I mean, when it hits, things go flying Nice. <laughs> when she hits with it. <laughs> um, uh, that was Olivia. Then we had... Um, Dave was playing for a while. He was playing a Air amalgam um, like sniper
0: sniper type yeah,
1: but that character died <laughs> in the middle of the campaign,
0: mm-hmm. so he
1: ended up then making an Earth amalgam soldier. Cool, and then uh, let's see what else did we have? We had um, Dale. He had Dale. Oh yeah, Dale decided to play a Machina clockwork <laughs> Machina pilot uh, yes. named J thirteen, and. Nice. Uh, that was interesting having him, you know, constantly climbing out of his, uh, Machina and joining the group. Every time we'd go into a city, he'd have to check it in. Yes. <laughs> I have to walk around naked. I feel so naked.
0: <laughs>
1: now I know what you humans feel like when you don't wear clothing. <laughs> nice. Uh, had to park his
0: then, course, if you will. Uh,
1: and then lastly, we had, uh, Lawson graves, our Revenant Gunslinger played Mm -hmm. by Daryl himself. Yeah. Um, So we had a good mix of characters and we also had uh, Stefan who wanted to come on and playtest his... uh, For one session, he came on and playtested his race that he submitted for our uh, game. Mm -hmm. um, uh, What is he called? The The Pierced Cyclops. The
0: Pierced Cyclops,
1: yep. Yes. (laughs) Hayame the Mountain.
0: Hayame the Mountain. (laughs) Yes.
1: And... um, he was a paladin yep. uh, and uh, knight of the um, pr- uh, the triad of syncreti. Uh, it was pretty cool. Um, I think the I think the um, cyclops probably isn't going to be this one we choose when we finally go to choose, or maybe we'll put them both in and have the cyclops as an optional race. Because I really, really, really like the one that Sam set forth to us with the the Fey touched. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, anyhow, mm-hmm. so yeah, we started our first session. We went into one of the cities. Um, which city was it we went into first? I think that was, that? was
0: wasn't the it was the air city, not the air city, but it was like the
1: port city. Is that, it was that a bunch rope, rope city? The rope the, city. Yes. Yeah, I was no. worried
0: about walking Shattered around Crown. being a fire amalgam.
1: Yeah. Am I going to so, burn these ropes or what? We started out in the city of Shattered Crown, which is the crown of a huge, one of the the, the fey mm-hmm. Kings yep. that rests on the ground. And underneath it is this huge crater. And built in this crater is this rope city. Yeah. Underground beneath that are these tremendous mines that mine coal and fey crystal. I mm-hmm. like and um, basically making this a huge trade city yeah. uh, one of the largest in the world it's kind of like the trade hub and it's got these just this what I would consider what they call the, the rope market um, and this huge market square and just hanging out in the middle of space with all held together by planks and ropes and pretty scary when you're a fire mount yeah pretty <laughs> much <laughs> But that in that first session your fire amalgam met his future wife, his girlfriend. I think so
0: yeah. She was an air amalgam, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, air and fire going together. Yep. Yep.
1: And, and I then, think
0: I, I think I um I think I stood her up for our first and, date though, because yeah. we had things and stuff to do. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, then we went um, we went down into the bowels of the Undercity to hunt some air pirates that were hiding down there.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, and you ended up capturing the one. Uh, and then uh, you and Stefan came along and filled in for the second setting uh, session. And you missed a session, which mm-hmm. was you making it up to your girlfriend and going on a big date with her. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. and make totally surprising her and making it up to her, And she was, a, uh, just for the record, she was a uh, Magic Ware's salesperson. She had an implement shop. Because um, mm-hmm. you guys ended up visiting her again. Or jewelry shop, that's what it was. Jewelry shop, yep. Yep, she was a jewelry vendor. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she had some magic jewelry, as, as we got into later. Maybe
0: some to... fake crystals, right? Would she probably yep. have sold fake crystals, I'm sure.
1: Yep. I think she, bel- I believe she was the one that sold the Fey Crystal to J13 to power his Machina. Um, at any rate, um, so we, I did the second session. I, uh, everybody was, uh, uh, we, that's when we added on Dave's character, uh, and you got, you and Stefan weren't there, so we kind of <laughs> did the, um, um, different group kind of thing did him taking the prisoner to his home city and you doing the date with your girl and and then him Mm -hmm. and then uh, dave's character coming along he was a mercenary the assassin mercenary assassin sniper so he did um he kind of gave me the direction for that one and they had some bandits that they had to capture and in the process, they found out about more of the air pirate crew who had left the city and headed south into these ancient ruins in this desert that was in the south. So they rented a dune buggy nice.
0: uh,
1: for everybody who wasn't going to be riding or running and or flying
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in a piece of uh, equipment they already had. Uh, actually, no, they did not rent the dune buggy that time. I'm sorry, we had... Um, um, jen's character she had her she bought a motorcycle that's what it was she bought a <laughs> a steam-powered motorcycle uh, daryl's character the the revenant he bought an undead horse um nice. to drive uh, to run around on uh, dave's character the air amalgam just flew and uh, j13 ran around in his machina gave him a chance to run across the desert in his machina nice. so we had this mixed group heading uh into the desert and that went really well. We went into a some ruins, did kind of a dungeon crawl. Cool. And ended up fighting their first ancient monstrosities of the of the dead Fey, uh, some of their leftover remnants of their society, uh, with these mutated lions that they fought. Um, cool. And uh, then they also fought a ghost down inside the the tunnels there. And and then at the end of it all, a a. Um, the the rest of the pirates that they were trying to capture, so it nice. ended up being a real good session. Cool. Then we visited Calder, and that's mm-hmm. where we I added the um, imp, the Praetorians. you guys the Praetorians. That's where I added in the Praetorians being undead, mm-hmm. um, and because of their new undead king, they are now undead supremacists. Supremacists, mm-hmm. and that yep. was a new element that I added to the story arc mm-hmm. of our of our <clears throat> so what do you think of that
0: I um I enjoyed that element being um that there's this large group city that's kind of a um you know like um that could be enemies mm-hmm. like an enemy state you know enemy enemies of of uh of the characters or of create a whole lot of conflict in the world there and i remember that session we did some air combat Mm -hmm. in like a vehicle combat which we kind of worked through i think we hung out afterwards and kind of worked through some issues with Mm -hmm. um you know being able to do damage and i mean you had a friggin' dragon attack
1: (laughs) yes a dragon attacking the airship and mm-hmm. with the airship weapons and with j13 and his and his um, machina his machina yeah it's about all you guys were able to do damage to it with um yep. because i was treating it as a vehicle because it was so big
0: i think i was doing some leadership checks to kind of help people um i might have been buffing people because the my attacks with my fire amalgam just weren't gonna weren't gonna damage the dragon so It was more about buffing everybody else up and such, playing the support character, which is cool. I like that. That's pretty awesome.
1: So, yeah, uh, vehicle combat really kind of needed a little bit more tweaking and robust Mm -hmm. rule management for a system that uses magic and vehicle combat. And that's where Fey Crystals came in that actually... Produce the breach quality, yeah. <laughs> allowing allowing casters to want to really search for those so that they can you know. Breach. They, these... There are there are v- creatures out there that do damage on a weapon scale or on a vehicle weapon scale. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Ouch.
1: <laughs> so then, landing in the city of Calder, we did our. That was really our first trek into a manifest zone, and. Yeah like the oppressive heat of the city that is built on this fire zone mm-hmm. and how everyone just was constantly suffering strain except when for were out, outdoors, except, except for, for you. Character. Well, <laughs> actually, no, it wasn't really everyone except you because it didn't affect the Revenant the and Revenant. it didn't affect the clockwork. It only really affected the air amalgam and the human.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And um, uh, then we did uh, You Missed Another Session. Mm -hmm. And we did, I did this, um, I'm not going to reveal too much about this adventure because this is one I'm probably going to be running at Con on the Cob. Um, But we had a masquerade ball that everybody went to and ran basically an entire social encounter that was based on someone wanting to use unwitting participants in a ritual. That's all you got
0: to
1: say about that then. Yes. They came out of that relatively unscathed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the process, uh, one of the characters was betrayed by a friend. Uh, And so that uh, friend ended up repaying the group with uh, several. She owned an artificer shop. And she ended up repaying them for her betrayal uh, with some things from her store for free. (laughs) so everybody walked away with some boons from that uh, that uh, and then we headed to uh, the the knight's citadel oh yeah uh, in the the home of the uh, triad of synchrony to petition them for uh, because you guys were wanting to use this uh Pirate ship that you kept, uh, basically, because um, the MacGuffin at the beginning of this is one character needed something that the pirates had, another character has a vengeance against the pirates, and another character works for an organization that is anti-pirate. Yep. So it, it all started. That's how you guys kind of all came together trying mm-hmm. to stop these air pirates from the city of Brineharth. Um, and uh, the uh, we had a we had a tribunal there. Where the, the triad, the three met, and we had another major social encounter there.
0: Yeah, we were where, trying to convince them to hold on to, what do we have, like the Hearts of the Dragon or something? What did we have?
1: Yes, yes, yes. One of the things that, oh, I completely forgot about that. When you guys slipped yeah. on Calder, uh, I had given you guys a um, in pieces hidden on your ship and on the other two ships that were flying with you. The pieces of a Draco phylactery. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, that, when assembled or put in the same place, allowed one to summon this ancient, ancient Draco Yeah. And so you guys wanted them to take it because you didn't or want them piece.
0: to. We wanted. We don't want them to take a piece of it.
1: And the other pieces are sco- trying to. You're trying to scatter these things around. Yeah, we are to, to prevent someone from using them.
0: And I remember uh, that freaking social encounter.
1: <laughs>
0: me being the social guy I think by the I, I think I got thrown out you threw me out I was rolling it, so it, badly yes
1: yes yes <laughs> the the old woman knight yeah. she ended up casting you from the chamber because you were you were so belligerent and f- fiery the, yeah the freaking
0: <laughs> droid did better
1: than me yeah, J thirteen actually J13. is the one who eventually convinced them to take it. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and they gave you your pa- their patronage to uh, to invade the city of Reinharth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so you would be doing so to, uh, invading a pirate citadel with their patronage and therefore carrying like almost like Marshals badges nice. across the when you fly in. So you're mm-hmm. basically working as privateers for their for yes. their organization now. Yes and that's where we left off we had one session where you guys went to the back to the desert um, one session where you kind of fought they well part of another session where they fought a giant fire giant uh, mm-hmm. but at the end of it all I mean so far that's where we're at trying yeah. to cover the entire continent flying all around yeah. to these various places <laughs> yeah. and um, so what has been the major feel for you of the campaign so far what for has been me, the theme, overarching thing?
0: For me, it felt very um, well. I'll I'll come back to it. Pirates of the Spanish Main for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, being privateers and you know fighting pirates and uh, this exploration in a world that's. Um, I definitely got the steampunk vibe from mm-hmm. it for sure, right? I mean, that was, that, I really got that, um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it a lot, and I think, it, I think it did capture the feel that we were kind of going for, the tone that we but
1: were We going ended up for. Ga- going more for a high fantasy, steampunk, high action kind of mm-hmm. setting. As opposed to what my original concept, which was going to be more of a horror bent. But um, you could totally do that in that setting, do more of the dungeon-crawling type horror in these ancient ruins. Because there's definitely all these monstrous horrors still out there, Mm -hmm. hidden in the world, leftovers remnants of the fey gods and their kingdom. Yep, yep. Uh, But yeah, I think that is the tone that more, I think it more attracted the group that we had mm-hmm. uh, was the at the you know higher every, magic everybody bid on the 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 sky pirates kind of thing they really yes, enjoyed they that the, I liked the, it. Yeah. and they bid on that and they wanted to do you know I want to be as soon as everyone was like I want to hate the sky pirates that are from here so that we can all go <laughs> fight them and then yeah. everybody kind of worked together to kind of come up with that yeah. background story
0: well, I think my character ended up um, becoming the captain of the ship of our airship. yes he did yes, he did. So, yes. With, and, the, uh, with the other players being you know the you know they had their roles on the ship mhm i think Daryl's uh, revenant was like the gunner main gunner mhm right had yep. his gunner and crews and such
1: yeah j j13 is your deckmaster. yep um, uh, olivia was your um, uh, first mate
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and um, then Dave's Earth Amalgam that eventually ended up uh, being the Quartermaster.
0: Yep. So. Yeah, so that was cool.
1: Yeah. Great, great, great thing so far. So that's pretty much our playtest and how it's kind of played out for us, yeah. folks.
0: Yeah, I think you've done a great job pulling in all those elements that we were talking about, and I think you've captured you've captured um, Primordial Machina, Machina for me Yeah. In it. when I played. I know it kind of goes, you know, I flipped my Saturday night group, so I really couldn't and now it's they're kind of lining up, so I won't be able to make yours. But
1: well, that's okay. We only, like I said, we're only going to do two more sessions. We got one where they've got to stop on the border lands, kind of. They got to stop there to talk to someone and pick up somebody, and then they were headed into the pirate citadel. Nice, awesome. So
0: good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So hopefully we'll be able to play in the near future, and we'll have the final results of that. Uh, and then hopefully by. I want to say by Con in the Cobb time, I maybe after um, of this year, which would be October. I hope yeah, to have October. the document completely done. Yeah, uh, complete. Yeah, we'll that done. Complete with uh, some pre-gen characters. Um, so you may actually, I'm thinking probably these will be the pre-gen characters. Cool. Um, and then um, at their, you know, at their finest. Maybe not at their 265 current earned xp versions maybe <laughs> more like their 100 earned xp versions but <laughs> um, but uh yeah and and i really like the idea of invading you know writing up the adventure about the uh, the masquerade ball and and that whole thing cool. and the social encounter that involved so um i look forward, forward to it yeah doing do. the and maybe even having the adventure in there for for players to people who want to do our setting so yep that's setting the tone. All right. So
0: how about we go to our favorite part of the show?
1: Yeah, let's get out of here. Oh, no, we still got advantageous Threads. <laughs>
0: All right, everybody, we are back for Advantageous Threats. This is where Tony and I create a a scenario for each other that we gather the dice up, roll some dice, which I haven't got those out yet. I need to get those out.
1: Oh, you um, and me both. Great radio. We're grabbing our dice. We're grabbing the (laughs) dice.
0: (laughs) And if you hear that, there they are, everybody. Oh, awesome. They're coming out. They're coming out. All six sets of them. No. So, um, you want me to go first, bud? Yeah, why don't you?
1: Okay. So, Geyser the yeah, Earth yeah. Amalgam Artificer, is back. Right. He's in, uh, uh, again, Primordial Machina. He's attempting, if you remember in our last session, he repaired his Buzz Cleaver. And uh, so now he is going to attempt mm-hmm. to cast a spell. He's That's in the right. middle of a car chase. Uh, he needs to cast a heavy lightning bolt from his buzz cleaver to the car right next door at short range. Now, what I mean by heavy lightning bolt, that is a base attack with the lightning and empowered qualities added to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, excuse me. Uh, So, uh, his buzz cleaver was damaged, so it's going to... it still has medium damage. He was only able to repair at one level. Um, so it's going to add one to the difficulty of any <laughs> actions using it. Alright, so... A heavy lightning bolt normally is attack one difficulty, lightning, two difficulty, empowered, three and four difficulty. So, for this particular one, I'm dealing with five difficulty dice. And that... My GM's okay. going to screw me over. What's next?
0: Well, let me see here. So you are in a mid-car chase. Uh,
1: yeah, bouncing across the you're desert.
0: Bouncing across the desert. So why don't you had a setback die because of that unstable platform that you're on?
1: Copy that. Got it you sure. Here. All
0: right. And you're an Earth Amalgam, huh? Mm-hmm. Going across the desert. Yep. Are you near a manifest zone?
1: Nope. We are not We're in at, an okay. Earth manifest zone. This is just an open, blasted desert. Mad Max style. Right, Mad so Max style. I'm going to aim. It's a okay. it's an attack spell. I mm-hmm. can't aim. Um, in fact, I really want to hit with this thing. I'm going to burn through a little extra sta- uh, strain and take it. Just not another only the two for casting it, but an additional two strain to add in another setback die or boost die for deck. aiming twice. Cool.
0: Well, I'd like to. I'd like to actually upgrade this. To check difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, you would because you know lightning is a tricky element, man. And okay. with all this sand around here, it might be it might be generating some elect, uh, electrostatic electricity. You might not be able to control the lightning <laughs>
1: enough. That's my all excuse. Right. Well, I'm saving my story point. Yes. Um. For uh, after if mm-hmm. I hit, so. I'm looking at a pool right now, a three yellow, one green for my Artifice, mm-hmm. two boost dice for my aiming, uh, a total of five difficulty dice, one of them upgraded to a challenge die thanks to the, thanks to the N- GM's uh, jerkiness, and uh, awesome. one, one setback die due to the uh, bouncy <laughs> nature of firing in a car chase.
0: <laughs> here we go. That sounds like a lot of dice.
1: All right. First and foremost, no despair. Aww. Love that. All right. A couple but I had a lot of blank dice. I had 3 blank dice in this pool. Ooh. So. Um so I missed. I ended up having a net of 2 failure and 5 advantage. Oh. <laughs> so I miss hitting this enemy vehicle with my lightning bolt. But you were
0: going with the. You were going to hit the vehicle or somebody in the vehicle.
1: I, I was aiming for the driver, particularly, hoping to make them crash.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure the lightning that you missed him with hit the car itself, and Could. with your and with your advantage, you might be able to make his piloting check more difficult, like an automatic upgrade or something. If you think.
1: I I like the idea of, since it's five advantage, I like that idea. Uh, The lightning hits the side of the car, Mm -hmm. and it's arcing all over the vehicle. And and then at that particular minion group, whether they choose to fight or drive from there, it's going to get an upgraded check. Cool. I like it. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Uh, too bad I didn't hit cuz that would have done a shite load of damage with empowered and lucky strike.
0: Awesome. Well, <laughs> hey, speaking of a lot of damage. All right. I have a character named Glug. <laughs> he is a revenant who had drowned at sea. That's how he died and revenants that's a are great
1: the late name for a revenant a revenant. Well, cuz that's yes. what
0: it sounded that was the first sound that he made when he got up like, "What's your name?
1: Glug. Glug," right? <laughs> so,
0: and he didn't remember. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is in Primordial Machina. He's attacking a Praetorian heavy trooper with his superior piston hammer. Oh, I see what you did you see there! see what I did there? <laughs> so that's why I was making all those notes on the stuff that we made up there <laughs> so we could do this. Nice, nice. He has a brawn of four because Klug, yeah, he's a big dude. He has yeah. two ranks in melee heavy, plus he has two talents. One is the Berserk talent. Hmm. <laughs> And where he adds one spirit. success and Valentine's. two advantage, and but the attackers will get a success when they hit an automatic success when they hit him. Though we won't be going through that, but and then at the end of the encounter, he'll take six strains. So that's what the berserk talent does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got lucky strike linked <laughs> to brawn, and that's probably the one you're going to use. So he'll be able to add four to damage with a story point if he so hits and desires. So to start with. We have a two yellow, two green, Mm -hmm. plus one success, plus three advantage, because two advantage from Berserk, one advantage from being a superior piston hammer, versus two purple. Nice. Now, if we look at our Praetorian Heavy Trooper armor, I believe they have a defense of two so I'll add two setback die right away
1: okay so you don't have anything in here about the environment or anything like that so I did
0: not so let's make so where is this happening at Probably in this fire. is
1: this is this is this is happening on a rickety rope bridge <laughs> awesome over a lava pit <laughs> oh I see what you're <laughs> doing there in Calder <laughs> oh. Okay. So do so, you
0: think this rickety bridge, w- rope bridge, would increase the difficulty or just add setback? It's a
1: chain die? bridge. Sorry, it's chain and stone. I mean, in a Lava City, you're going to need chain and stone, not rope. Well, but, that's um, true. It, I wouldn't call it rickety. I guess it would more be more along the lines of um, just uh, unstable. Unstable. So a setback
0: die, right, for an unstable yeah. platform kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So- yeah. Now my piston hammer is cumbersome 4, however I do have a I do have a brawn of 4, so that's fine.
1: So you're good there. I'm good there. All right. So it's already uh, been
0: prepared by the way. <laughs>
1: and I assume since you're possibly going to use lucky strike that you're not going to upgrade.
0: I'm not, but I am going to aim. And okay. I'm actually going to aim. I'm going to spend some strain
1: and aim twice, too. <laughs> I like this. It sounds familiar. It does. All, right. Nice. All right. Um so, the Dude, reason why I said a this, lava,
0: I'm fighting over a lava pit. That's got to be an I, automatic upgrade, just without The you reason
1: why it. I set this above a lava pit, it's a, it's going to be a reason for me to flip a story point.
0: Well, uh, maybe you don't even. Well, okay. So you're gonna flip it
1: because we're fighting over lava. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's far enough away. I mean, yeah, you know, people people normally use this bridge. It's not a big deal, but occasionally you might get a bubble of pops of. Down below, and some lava shoots up. All right. So, yeah, let's do that.
0: All right. So, I'm left with two yellow, two green, two purple, or two two blue. I mean, a mm-hmm. red, a purple, and three setback dice, three black. All right. Very here nice. we go. Nice and colorful here. Okay. No despairs, though. I didn't hit you. Because I didn't generate enough successes to hit you. Boy, this is... Blah, blah, blah,
1: blah. <laughs> Dude.
0: One failure, one advantage.
1: One failure, one advantage. That's yeah, your net. Because
0: all of my threats... So I got one threat on each of my... So two of my black dice have a failure. My one yellow, blank. My other yellow, one success, one advantage. And then my other dice, one advantage on each. So all that cancels down to...
1: Yes. Alright. One failure, well, one advantage. You, since you did not hit your piston too, oh, it's not fire. Oh, oh wait
0: a second. Hang on a minute.
1: You forgot your ones for the automatic ones. I got a didn't success.
0: You? Oh damn it. Still cancelled, <laughs> so it's a so it's a boot. But I do get three advantage, so it's actually four advantage.
1: Alright. Well, well in okay. this case not hitting means your piston hammer did not fire off.
0: It did not. It did not. Well, well, can't you activate blast anyways? I think I can activate blast anyways even if you miss.
1: Yes, you can.
0: Which is what I'm going to do. <laughs> 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 I think you can, right? To yes, blast. you can. It
1: takes two advantage and you got to miss. And everyone at engaged range. That's if including it misses, you. Oh, you spent it's 3. It's, it's 3. Three? Yeah. 3 advantage. Sorry, yeah. 3 right. advantage you have three.
0: Yep, I do. I have four. So sweet. The original target and every target engaged with the original target suffers a hit, dealing damage equal to the blast rating of the weapon. Yay! So I take so four. 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 He'll soak.
1: You'll both soak it.
0: Yeah, we'll both soak it because we're big, <laughs>
1: big and brawny. Now you could do that, or you could just with four advantage, you could have some other cool effect.
0: Oh, what weapon is he hit? Is he using?
1: Um, he's, let's say he's using, uh, the Big standard Praetorian gun, the gun Praetorian s- rifle. Yes.
0: Gun slash melee weapon kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a, it's a okay. gun with an ax. So
0: what I do, what I do, let's say this, um, I'll actually spend the four, three or four advantage. He blocks with it. He blocks the piston hammer with the, with the gun. And mm-hmm. it, I hit it so hard. It just knocks it out of his hand. Onto the ground. So I disarm him.
1: All right. Basically. So it it flies back across the bridge, going down the bridge behind him.
0: Yeah. He'll have
1: to move. Sliding. And, get it. and now sits precariously teetered on the <laughs> edge like it's going to fall into the lava. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that's much better. That's better than wasting it on a blast that wouldn't hurt anybody. Yeah, I
0: know. Yeah, thinking of that, I'm like, ooh, I could blast him, but no. No.
1: Yeah. Got you gotta think and, things and, things through.
0: Yeah, and I didn't hit so I couldn't use my lucky strike and do all kinds of damage to him.
1: Ah, who knows? Oh, who knows? Maybe someday. <laughs> maybe
0: round maybe we'll do round two in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all all right. right. We ready to go home? Go put this in to am. bed? All right. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's our show for tonight. And I would like to shout out to the brewery run by Jamie Pearson over there that does, he he talks random dorky stuff. He's taking it back to his original Gathering of Dork days kind of round table format, talking about whatever. I think a couple weeks ago they had a Game of Thrones um, discussion. and um, What was their latest one? I think he's been throwing up... Um, uh, videos of him playing like Rune Wars and such too. And um, we have the live play that um, Tony's running for Jamie Daryl and I um, through his homebrewed adventure for Sh- of Shadow of the Beanstalk.
1: Yep. Uh, that, that adventure's called 48 Hours Till Midnight. That's right. Yeah, and uh, so far we've had Session 1, and, and uh, that came out uh, last Thursday. It's every Thursday night we do live plays.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a, um, I'm playing a cyborg um, In- investigator, which I didn't mention a cyborg um, part when I introduced myself, my character, okay. but I'll mention it next time. Jamie's playing a biroid um, runner named, yep. what is it, 5- 1257X, and I've been calling him Christmas.
1: And then, yeah, uh, I kind of ruined it. I, I was just so I was listening to the um, another podcast, and uh, Sam Stewart was on there, and he said that uh, I don't know where it came up, but it came up in in the Shadow of the Beanstalk takes place in seventy nine, in, in 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 the year of seventy nine. That's when it takes, and in whatever century you want it to be. Uh-huh. And I'm like, before that, I had told Jamie that it took place in fifty nine, oh, so he wanted his character to be two years old. Uh, so he named his character twelve fifty seven. Nice and then I
0: in so December be, in I'll be
1: retconning that date back to twelve fifty nine for fa- for fairness to Jamie and his character. Perfect. Um so yep. just f- yep. for the record. And then, and
0: I think I'm um, Daryl he's playing a um he's playing a loony care courier yeah. named um Klaus. And I've Kleish. been calling him Claish and I've been calling him Santa. Klaus Kleish. Kleish. Santa Klaus he does
1: a belter accent from uh from the expanse so well yes he does that
0: was so good i loved it so um yeah you can watch those on um and uh, other um live streams from for for the brewery on twitch and um he also has a youtube channel out there too and he's on the mayways and and all of that and i'll have those links in the show notes
1: Yep, and uh, so yeah, he is the uh, the father of Nerds International Network. So you can contact Jamie over at Nerds International, mm-hmm. as well as us on Mayway, uh, and you can get you can go to hold of me or Stefan at uh, Finding the Narrative on Facebook. You can email us findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail dot We get uh, we love those long seven page. I got to spend two hours reading it emails. We do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do any any email we get, I love. I can't. Oh, I, yeah. I so I'm not complaining. Uh, I'm just kind of laughing because uh, mm-hmm. it's the way it's been lately. It's trendy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then Stefan, of course, is monitoring the Twitter feed over at FTN underscore Genesis, uh, and we're listenable uh, on Finding the Narrative podcast at Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play maybe soon to Spotify. We'll see. We had a listener request that Chris is going to look into getting us on there. So yep. that being said, this is Tony saying goodbye and keep rolling them bones.
0: And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Night night. See ya. Finding a narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.